A reading from the Gospel of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning. My name is Paul, and I'm the senior pastor here at the Daniel Island Fellowship. To all of our visitors, welcome. Uh, we're glad you've joined us during this Advent season. Today's message is titled, Are You Ready? And I want to begin with this question. Have you ever been given an opportunity to step up? This is not only the season of Advent for my family, it's also the season of basketball for our family. Anyone play basketball or have kids in the basketball program? Raise your hand. Yeah, it means madness. This last week, we, I think, had nine games uh, to attend various practices, and my daughter even is playing basketball. We grow giants in the Sorensen home, and so she thought, I need to play basketball. And so uh, as my wife was dropping her off at a recent practice, I said, Carly, how, how did her team look? And she gave me that look, like, not, not so good. She said, you know, I dropped... I dropped our daughter off, and uh, there's some girls riding a scooter uh, around the court. There's some other girls running around the woods. There's a couple with a basketball, and then the volunteer dad coach was just going like this, right? So he tried to do something unique. He tried to create some structure and some leadership over the last week. Here's what he did. He asked each girl on the sixth grade team to give a speech for the sake of the team. And my daughter thought, this is my time. And here's what she said. God wonderfully and perfectly made each one of you. You don't have to compare yourself to others. You don't need to envy others. You don't need to be the best. You simply need to be you, the best you. Amen. So guess what? Then what they ended up doing, um, which wasn't expected, was he took a vote 
of who should be the captain. And guess who got elected captain? <laughs> Sailor Grace. And it was the greatest moment of her life. And she's let everyone know what a great moment that, that was for her and then what a great role that is for her. Um, she, she went on when she was tapped to be captain. She went on to say, girls, if, if you have any problems or prayer requests, I'm here for you. She did. And so this one girl came up to her after practice this week and she said, basically, Sarah, Sarah, Sailor, I'm terrible. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if I should be playing this game. And Sailor said, you know what? You're one of the best on the team. And, uh, and she said, really? She goes, really? But then Sailor came home and confessed that she's actually not that good. And so she just, that's all she could think of in the moment. And then uh, another girl did come up to her. And open up her heart and say, Sailor, I could use prayer. Both of my parents struggle with addiction. And I think that moment is kind of a moment we see in Scripture here today. Last week, we looked at how the Christmas story came to Joseph. Today, we're looking at how it came to Mary. Next week, we're looking at how it came to the shepherds. And then on Christmas Eve, how it came to the Magi. And I think the big idea we can draw from our passage today is this. Christmas is not about being right, but ready to receive the good news of Jesus. It's not about being right, but ready to receive the good news of Jesus. And as we unpack this passage, we'll learn these three truths. Christmas, it starts with grace. Christmas connects us through grace, and Christmas fills us with grace. So let's dive in. Point one, Christmas starts with grace. The passage begins, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You know, when I read this story, I can't help but think of our past director of worship, his truck, Trenton Durham's truck. Anyone remember the rust bucket Trenton Durham used to drive? And before I get to sharing about that illustration, can we just give a warm welcome to our new director of worship, Taylor Roney and Rachel Roney? Woo! For, for those who are visiting today, Taylor, the red-headed wonder, um, today's his first day, so it's a treat not, not only for us, but for you, and they just moved here from Atlanta, but before Taylor, there was Trenton. We go with T's. Before Taylor, there was Trenton, and Trenton showed up a few years ago with this truck, and um, it was concerning. Um, I'm a Chevy guy. I know we have diversity of opinion on trucks. I drive a big Chevy truck. It's out in the parking lot. Trenton drove this little Chevy truck that was a rust bucket. It had all sorts of dings, 
and scratches. In fact, some of you came to me the first month he was here and said, we're concerned. I said, what about? About Trenton and what he drives. Is he safe? Is he, is he okay? And I said, believe it or not, he loves that truck. You know? You see, here's the thing about that truck. Trenton chose this truck over sleeker, shinier vehicles. I think people even in here, behind the scenes, tried to offer him help to get a safer, sleeker vehicle. But uh, even though it was a rust bucket to us, this was a gift to him. Why? Because it was his granddad's truck. And he got to drive kind of this legacy gift. And as uh, Trenton loved that truck, so God loved Mary. The angel says, greeting, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And here's the deal about Mary. It was the wrong time, and she was from the wrong place. Last week, we talked about it being the wrong time for this message to come to Joseph and Mary. Why? They were engaged. To be engaged or betrothed was a huge deal in those days. It was essentially like being married. Um, and if someone got pregnant out of wedlock in those times, during this engagement, guess what would happen to them? In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 22, it says to stone them. That's not a preferred you know, future. Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby, and it's not Joseph's. What? Don't be afraid, right? You're a favored one. So it was the wrong time. It would have been a scary message for Joseph and for Mary. And she was from the wrong place. I've shared this before, but theologians have this to say about Galilee and Nazareth. Gabriel ignored Judea, the heartland of God's work through the centuries, and came to Galilee, a land that was the subject of abiding Jewish contempt because of its mongrelized population. Even more, the angel not only bypassed Judea for Galilee, but the city of Jerusalem for the village of Nazareth. Nazareth was a non-place. Another theologian says, Gabriel travels to Mary far away from the Temple Mount in Jerusalem to Nazareth in Galilee, insignificant, despised, and unclean. Yet despite being the wrong girl, Mary was the right girl because she held God's favor. You owe favored one. It literally means you who are full of grace. Greetings, you who are full of grace. The Lord is with you. The Lord's love has come to you, is the message of Christmas. And the, the application, I think, is exciting and clear. No matter the dings you carry or the ditches from which you crawl, the good news of Jesus it's for you. Point one, Christmas, it starts with grace. Point two, Christmas connects us through grace. The passage continues. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. 
And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and in this sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And as I hear this part of the passage, I can't help but think of this man. Anyone know who this is on the screen? I can't hear you. Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls is a former special forces uh, officer or soldier in the British Army. But he is on TV now. And he has a show called Running Wild. And what he does is he takes celebrities one at a time out into the wilderness and he pushes their limits to see what they're made of. Not only to connect them to their own hearts, but to connect them to us, right? So here's a picture from a recent episode where he is repelling with Captain Marvel, right? Is that Captain Marvel? I think so. I don't know her real name. Nonetheless, he's repelling down. They have ropes tying in. And here's the thing. A lot of these people have never been pressed into this kind of risk-taking. Yes, amen. <laughs> and what happens, what he does when he's rock climbing, he creates an anchor rope where he ties into a rock or something firm. And the second thing he does, he often ties in these celebrities to his own harness with another rope. And that's like the Christmas story. You see, Christmas not only starts with grace, it connects us through grace in two ways, through God's promises and his people. Let's look at the passage. Gabriel's basically saying, Mary, look back. Look back to the promises of grace. You're part of a lineage of grace. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. He's referencing 2 Samuel 7, where David was promised, and the nation of Israel and the world was promised an everlasting shepherd and king. I will raise up, and I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body. I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Second Samuel 7, verses 12 through 14. Ezekiel 37, I will save them from all of their backslidings in which they've sinned, and will cleanse them, and they shall be called my people, and I will be their God. My servant David shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd. Ezekiel 37, verses 23 and 24. God is saying, look back. And he's also saying, look around. And I want us just to have congregational participation. Could you turn to your right or left? Look at who's around you right now. God is saying, you don't only have a lineage of grace. Guess what? You have a family of grace. Isn't it interesting that the, the angel went on to say to Mary, behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, she's also conceived a son. 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. It reminds me of this quote from C.S. Lewis. Friendship is born at that moment when one man says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. Carly, you too? Ella, you too? Ryan, you too? David, you too? I thought I was the only one. And you look around and you say, oh, wow, Carly, did you see that guy that finally came to church, that, that Bill Malley guy? It's incredible. Did you see that woman, Pam? I think she teaches at the Daniel Island School. I've seen her there. It's cool to see her here. God's doing something special. He's building a family of grace. So the application is look back and look around. You're not alone. You are part of a lineage and family of grace. See, Christmas, it starts with grace, and it connects us through grace to one another. In point three, Christmas fills us with grace. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You see, through her simple obedience, Mary moves from being a recipient to a carrier of God's grace. It reminds me of a recent story in our church, the story of a woman named Emily. This fall, a new family came to our church, and I was preaching through the book of Acts. And I got a message saying, Pastor Paul, can I circle up with you? I've got to share a story with you. I'm not sure what it means. And she said, you preached on the limitless love of God and not limiting his love to us or through us. And let me tell you a little of my story. It was this summer, my, my husband was in the hospital. We were in our darkest, hardest place. I was sitting in the waiting room in that hospital, and I got a message from Africa. And I said, okay. She goes, you know, I left my corporate job, and I started this little blog about baking and telling stories through baking and connecting families together through baking. And I got this message from this orphanage in Africa saying, Miss Emily, can you teach us and our kids how to bake? She said, I thought it was a scam. And then within the hour, I was FaceTiming with over 80 orphans in Africa, screaming and singing to me, Miss Emily. In my darkest moment, God's light was breaking through. And I'm still, as a pastor, I'm going, uh-huh. So, and she goes, I thought, you know, can this be real? And um, I went and vetted the orphanage. And in fact, it's above board. It's licensed. It's called the Uganda View Orphanage. And almost every day now, I tutor them on baking cookies. And the goal is that they can get out of poverty by learning to bake and sell their goods. I don't know what God's doing, but he's doing something. And I was like, are, are you serious? And she goes, yeah. And in fact, can we use one of the rooms in the back? Because they're ready, they're ready to video call with us right now. And she brings us to this back room. Our staff's going, what's going on? Next thing you know, 
There's all these little kids, some of have been abandoned, HIV stricken, singing and praising, saying, Pastor Paul, Miss Emily, thank you, thank you. And here's a picture of those cuties, some of those cuties. And I know two of our members of our church are actually going to be flying and bringing flour and supplies to Uganda in March. You see, like Emily and like Mary, we all have the opportunity to be carriers, not just recipients of the good news of Jesus. Mary carried the Son of God. We, as a people, are called to carry the Spirit of God. We've been preaching on this throughout the fall in the book of Acts. Jesus, before he departed, he gave this promise, this charge, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Romans 8, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, John. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. And I can't help, but we did, a, I'm, a, I'm going to give you a little backdrop of something we did yesterday. We're filming a new film for the future of our church, a new video. We did over nine hours of filming yesterday, believe it or not. And what did we film? We filmed you. Several of you were invited to share your stories. And this one woman, a single mom, I said, how did you come to our church? What, what has God been doing in your heart and in your life through our church? And she goes, well, it all began when I was invited to put on my running shoes and to go running with a woman who happened to go to your church. You see, I was in a bad place, in a really unhealthy marriage. And this woman kept pursuing me, saying, come run with me. And as we shared our stories and our struggles, I couldn't help but be filled with hope and love. So I just kept running with this woman, and I finally came to the church. And the church has helped me and walked with me through my divorce and caring for my son as a single mom. So she's telling the story. And then last night, we had a Christmas party, a staff Christmas party. And Jerry and Lana, some of you served with Hope Repair yesterday. We had over 30 people from this church as carriers of the gospel go and help provide safe, dry, and warm conditions for people in need throughout our city. And I saw pictures of you girls and other people in this room providing for the poorest of the poor in our city. You're not just hearing the good news. We're not called just to hear the good news. We're called to be carriers of the good news. We're called to take the gospel, have the gospel alive in us like the gospel became alive in Mary. Which is why starting January 1st, we've decided it's best that we change our name. Some of you have been here, you've heard the rationale behind But the whole move of God in Scripture is to bring outsiders to be insiders, to build one growing new gospel community from every tribe, tongue, nation, people group. So our new name, some of you said, what's the date? We're really excited. 
starting January 1st, our church will become one fellowship. Each one of you will be carriers of this gospel with us as we build in one love, one big gospel community. See, Christmas, it fills us with, with, with grace. So in summary, Christmas is not about being right. It's about being ready to receive the good news of Jesus. So are you ready? We all, like Mary, have a choice. We're all invited to say yes. No matter how dinged up you are, what ditch you're crawling from, God's saying, receive my grace, my love today. It's enough. If you're feeling all alone, I want you to know that this Christmas message, it's not just about you. It connects us to one another. We're part of a lineage of grace, a family of grace. And last but not least, you have a role to play. If you, if you just say yes, ability starts with availability. Amen? Are you going to be available as a dwelling place for God's grace. Wherever you are, put on your running shoes. Say, come run with me. Pick up a hammer. In the classroom, in your workspace, in your home, let's all say, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this good news. God, I pray that you would search us and know us and fill us with this grace. May we not only know it, may we be connected in it, may we be filled in it as carriers of the gospel. Make us like Mary. Let us say yes. Behold, we are servants of the Lord. Let it be to us according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.